Welcome back to the Lash Base Podcast. It's episode number 28 and today is a little bit different. Um, what we're going to do is play you an interview that I had the opportunity and honour of filming and recording with Ryan and Holly Power of Salonology. They have just launched their brand new podcast called The Salonology Show. It's already been um, at top of the charts on Apple Podcasts, so I'm over the moon that I got asked to be on this. Uh, I think it will provide a lot of value for you and uh, I wanted to bring this to our audience as well for the Lash Base podcast. So I'm going to keep quiet and I'm going to hand you over to Ryan and Holly. Listen to the episode in full. So much value, uh, especially a lot of marketing tips towards the end as well. So sit in and listen to this. I'm Jamie Butler from Lash Base, and you're listening to the Salonology Show. Today, we're delighted to be welcoming onto the podcast someone with plenty in common with myself, someone who is involved in a family business, someone who's a keen student of marketing, someone who also lives on the sunny South Coast, and someone who is a man in the beauty industry, no less. We are few and far between. This man has grown his joint Instagram accounts to well over 100 thousand followers he's taking his lash empire worldwide and his facebook live he did with us earlier this year was one of our most viewed training videos ever you might know him as lashface underscore jamie but his real name is jamie butler huge welcome to jamie welcome to the salonology show That was a lovely intro. Oh, did you like that? Thanks. Yeah, I, uh... I'm going to use that. Yes. <laughs> You're welcome to soundbite that any way uh, that you want. Uh, anyone who is uh, anywhere within our industry and has an Instagram account will no doubt be familiar with Jamie because he is everywhere. And I mean everywhere on that platform, uh, but not only just being everywhere, but it's got a really dedicated and engaged following. We will come to that in due course because I'm sure a lot of people would like to know how you have done that, Jamie. So we'll come to that on due course. But first, we always like to start off our interviews a little, a little uh, quick fire questions. Just to, let's just get to know you, the real you, okay. a little bit. Well, okay. and I mean, okay. some of these are they're stu- I'm not, I'm not guaranteeing they're all going to be sensible questions. I can't, I can't guarantee <laughs> that. But we'll just fire some out. All right. So uh, let's go. Uh, Facebook or Instagram? Instagram. New York <laughs> or Las Vegas? Las Vegas. Yes. What what do do you have on your chip shop chips? Curry sauce. Oh, good answer. Cats or dogs? Dogs. Tea or coffee? Coffee. Apple or Android? Apple. Early bird or night owl? Unfortunately, early bird now because I'm an old man. (laughs) I wish I could say night owl, but no early bird. (laughs) That's what happens when you have a child, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What in our industry annoys you the most? The lack of regulation. Oh, coming soon in a future episode. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Um, If you could cameo on any TV show, which one would you join? I would say Family Guy. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) And lastly, if you could get on a plane right now and go anywhere in the world, where would you go? To the Maldives. 
Nice choice. Can nice. we come? Yeah, that sounds that yeah. sounds pretty good. That sounds pretty good right now. I think I think that Jamie sounds like we could party with Jamie because he's picked <laughs> Vegas dogs and coffee, which uh, and and curry sauce in your chip shop chips. I mean, that sounds don't, like the dream. Don't forget early nights and. and then <laughs> well, I, early. I'm a night owl, but he's an early bird. You see, so you can get up early god, with he him. He must be annoying in the mornings. Oh my god! Not he, just not just in the not mornings. Not just in the mornings. <laughs> no, I often joke, Jamie, that I I he wakes me up going, uh, "Babe, I've got this business idea," and I'm like waking up, and he's like, "I've just been thinking about this. Why don't we do this? Why don't we do that?" So I get no rest at home at all. So uh, anyway, <laughs> we digress. I know the listeners will be dying to know a little bit more about the story, a fellow family-run business. Tell us a little bit about Lash Face and how it started. Where can I start with this? So I'll start with my dad, actually. My dad has always had his own business. He owned a record store before Asda had CDs, before <laughs> iTunes or whatever existed. So it was the place that you would have to go and buy records my dad had a business in that. That's so cool. it was a successful business. Love that. Luckily, because my dad's success, my mum had one goal of her life, and that was to be a mother and to raise kids. So she had me and I've got a twin with test tube babies. So she, well, she thought she couldn't have kids. So they had with test tube babies. And then my little brother come along as an accident straight after. A surprise. Apparently, yeah, a surprise. <laughs> No, I'll tell him he's an accident. <laughs> apparently, um, once yeah, once your body gets shown how to do it, it's it just happens, uh, much to my dad's um, shock. So <laughs> that happened. My mum raised us, uh, and as soon as we got to an age where we all moved out, uh, 18 to 20 years old, we had moved out. My mum was then at home, and she was like, right, so I've done what I wanted to do. Now, now what can I do? And there, then she decided she enjoyed everything to do with beauty. So I wanted to start getting her qualifications in anything to do with beauty. So you name it, she's got the certificate in like waxing, massage, nails, obviously lashes, brows. She And she still to this day takes several online courses as she goes just because she enjoys it. Um, but when she took lashes, she realized that that was her main passion. You know, like all of a sudden when you stumble into that thing that you think, oh my God, this is it. Love it. So she loved lashes. And only wanted to do lashes for people. One of her friends happened to have opened up a local training school in the area and said, Julie, you're really good at lashes. Do you want to become a teacher? Do you want to teach people how to do lashes? So because of my mum's passion, she decided, yes, I'll do um, teaching. She started teaching with, with um, oh, I can't remember the name of the, the company now. They're still going now. Southern School of Beauty. I'll give them a plug. Um, they're still going now. And she had students that really enjoyed her courses but they would always say so whereabouts do you get your products from and at the time because it was what 11 12 years ago there weren't many there weren't as many as there are now there was only like two or three bigger names and that was pretty much it she was fed up of paying like high prices for stuff that she was convinced you could get better for less so she then started to try and source like anyone would i guess starting on google's trying to find her own products she stumbled across a few, got them in. Again, she was only thinking, do you know what? I want to do this just for my students so I can train for cheaper because then when she gets paid by students, then the more of it's for herself and then her business can be successful. But what happened and she didn't realize was the students would go away. They would use their kits. They would then come back to her and say, right, Julie, I've, I've finished with my stuff. Can I buy some more, please? And that's when she was like, oh, 
okay, yeah, I guess I can get some more in for you. And that's how it all started. It just so happened that it got to, my dad had sold his part of the record shop business because he knew that it it wasn't necessarily going to be going anywhere for him. And my mum was doing so well that my dad said, look, I'll come on board. I'll build you a website so you can sell your products online. And with the combination of timing, because I think that's such an underrated thing sometimes, like obviously being first, being best is best, but being first also does help. So my mum was one of the early ones to have a website. And my dad, with his experience having his own website for his uh, record shop, meant that he knew a lot and had an interest in Google. So if you combine someone with a passion for something with someone with a passion for like SEO, it just meant that anybody that searched anything online about lashes, they would stumble across Lashbase. And then it just sort of took off from there, Those the combination of both of those. And it got to a stage where my mum needed to take people on. And she said to her boys, she said, look, I've, I need some help. Like for me, it was, Jamie, do you know anything about Facebook? It's this new new thing and I need some help with it. Uh, I think she assumed that just because I was young and used Facebook. So I said, oh, I'll tell you what, I, I wasn't enjoying the job that I was doing at the time. So I just said, yeah, all right, I'll, I'll come on and give you a hand with that. It should be pretty straightforward. And as soon as I started, that was pretty much when Instagram came out. So I said, mum, we're going to have to open up, uh, start an Instagram account. And then we've we've grown from there. So it it all started with good timing, passion and Google. And then, <laughs> it moved on, and then it moved on to through amazing customer service, social media. And of course, Google continues to be up there as well. It's It's really interesting what you say about the kits to take home, because they obviously weren't such a bigger thing when when your mum was starting, but now it's all the rage, isn't it? You know, you don't see really any training courses that don't come with a kit to take home. Yeah, I think rightly so as well, though, because if you're taking a course and someone's teaching you something like a to do something a specific way, then surely you need the specific products mm. that's helping you do something a specific way. So, yeah, I, I nowadays if someone's doing a course and then they say, yeah, just just go and buy some products from and somewhere how do you know that your training's going to work well if you've been taught a certain way if you're buying unknown products so yeah i think definitely um getting kits all the time the thing i i really like about it jamie is the fact that it's it's come from a need to provide something to the industry from somebody who's got experience in the industry rather than a need to make money and you know there there are lots of lash suppliers out there aren't they but mm-hmm. how many of them have come through the path that your mum has and truly understands what a technician needs and wants from the industry, which is such a big thing. I thought you can say the same about any any uh, sector in the beauty industry at all, but specifically with lashes. Yeah, my mum. Uh, luck again. Luckily, I'm not trying to like show off, but luckily it wasn't financial. My mum just had raised kids and then wanted a hobby or found her passion and the money wasn't important Mm. but treating people correctly and doing it for the love of it ended up being the like the recipe for success rather than focusing on any of the money so now we're here we are 11 years on obviously we are a business so obviously we do care about money but we know that and I, I say that I genuinely say this all the time and it sounds like such a cliche but 
if we if we genuinely try to help people, genuinely try to improve what they do, then if they get better at their business and their business grows, then they're going to need to buy more anyway. Mm. So there's no point. We never focus on like short term, everyone buy this. It's all genuinely about helping somebody grow and improve their business because we're 11 years of proof that that works long term. Yeah. Definitely. I think I read somewhere that if you lead a business with love, then the money follows and it can't Mm. not. That's got to be the first and foremost, which is clearly what your mum's done. So speaking of working with your mum, what would you say? And this is somebody who's worked. Mm -hmm. I had a previous business with my family and now I work with my husband. Fully aware there's ups and downs Mm -hmm. and best and worst things. So what would you say is the best and the worst things about working with your family? Best and the worst things. Firstly, I think we're, again, very lucky that we all have similar but slightly different personalities so there's not a lot of clashing but there Mm -hmm. there still is the best thing about working with family is that we're all in it together and we're all succeeding together and we're going through the same problems and things together so that always helps and the worst thing is up until probably even now to be fair we we couldn't all go on holiday together. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah. Because that would yes. be that would be we've got obviously the five of us that are I don't know what you would call executives here at Lash Base. Um I suppose we might be able to leave for a week and it'd be okay, but we're we still now we couldn't go, let's all go on a family holiday mm. unless it was really, really well planned. Because yes. it's not just one or two of you. Did I read on did I read on either a blog or a website that there's eight eight of you involved? Is that right? Mm, yeah, there is. So we've got um, mum and dad, three brothers, three wives. Why? How? <laughs> that's a lot. Of, and how come we only ever see you then mostly? Where are all the other? Um, the others. They, they hate hate with a passion being on <laughs> camera, doing anything. But this is why uh, this is this crazy thing about this business, and this is why it works so well. Is everybody's got their own like unique talents and passion within the business that. Everyone doesn't have the ego or the desire for admiration like like me over it. <laughs> but, <laughs> whereas, like, so my mum hates being on camera. She's got an Instagram account. She never posted anything. She only uses it to just like look at what's going on. Never ever wants to be on camera. My brothers, again, it is it literally is. I'm I'm the only one that's comfortable to be doing this sort of thing. But it really works because some of the stuff that my brothers and parents do within the business I honestly would not want to do that either no (laughs) do you think that before you actually came into the family business and you found out that it was you know your mum was doing this and your dad was getting involved and he came up with the the cool way to to name the brand as well didn't he I read about that um so did you think there was always a, a a part of you that thought maybe you'd end up working in the family business do you know what when it first started, I, like I've, I've got to stress, this was supposed to be just my mum's hobby. Mm. So when it first started, there was no, like my dad no had retired from selling his part of the business. I think at the time he was doing up and fixing tractors, like <laughs> as you do. I know, yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, it just needed the help. So you've got my brother who at the time was doing, um, he was a roofer, I think, and then he ended up being made redundant and had to do like paint delivery. So it, my mum needed somebody that was 
good with their hands for the warehouse work. And also my brother's got this special talent. We call, I know this sounds offensive. I don't mean this offensively, but we call him Rain Man because he's very good with numbers. And that's again, what, what, what we needed at the time. And for me, he needed somebody that wasn't necessarily afraid to put himself out there. So we had no idea, but it was just a combination of everything fell into place. And now we're here. It's, yeah, obviously we're all very serious about it. What's the one thing that you wish you'd known when you realised this was going to be your career? What would you have, what would you have taught yourself? What would you go back and tell yourself now? If I could go back and speak to myself when we first started, I would say understand that patience and consistency is the most important thing because I remember when I first started, I was determined to get as many followers as possible, determined to grow as fast as possible. What can we do that will be the get rich quick scheme? And, you know, like all of those as, as if you believe they exist. And then now it's been, I don't know how long I've been here now, seven years or something. Now it's, you realize it's just doing the little things right consistently showing up every day. Mm -hmm. And I wish I probably would have calmed down and looked at the bigger picture when I first started. Whereas now it's all about the bigger picture. Yeah. Big journey for you then. Mm. And speaking of your journey, what about, you know, the, it's been, it's quite a success story, isn't it? But what about failure? What, what's been your biggest failure and what would you say you've learned from it? Biggest failures that we've had. Do you know what? The, we have just, uh, we're just coming out the other side of the biggest failure that we've mm. had. Uh, we've, uh, we've had plenty. I, and again, it's something I always tell people when they say, so how's business going? There isn't a week that goes by that I don't, there's, there's not something happening that you think the business is about to end. Mm. Like every single week, there is some fire that needs putting out that you genuinely believe is like the worst thing. Um, it just so happens that we're just coming through the other side of something that has been pretty important for us. And that is a, a potential issue that gave us a lack of confidence in a product um, mm. that required us to, because we had a lack of confidence in a product, required us to stop selling said product and then dealing with the fallout from that. Because this was a product that was worth 15 to 20% of our monthly revenue. Mm -hmm. And to make the decision to accept that that is uh, potentially we're going to lose people because of that. And then to deal with the fallout from that it's been stressful, but we're getting there or we've got there. It's interesting what you say about the sequential problems, because I think that's true of every business of every size. And you realize once you've been in business a while that it's just, they just keep on coming and mm. they will just continue just to keep on coming. And some problems are bigger than other ones. And some are a full on crisis. But as soon as you're through that, you're going to, another one's going to come. So yeah. you kind of become resilient to that after a while, don't you? And I think that especially for a lot of people that might be listening with a smaller business thinking, oh, you know, I seem to have all these problems I've got to get through. That's business. It's getting through problems and solving problems for other people. But it is just, it's never ending, isn't it? However big your business gets, right? Yeah, I agree. I, th I think the thing is, if it was easy, then everyone would be doing it and everyone yeah. would be really successful. But mm. if you, we had, um, a really big promotion a few weeks back. Um, it was a success. However, we did three weeks worth of sales over a weekend, which then meant we had also three weeks worth of emails 
coming in from customers, three weeks worth of delivery failures based on the couriers. Mm. And that was an absolute nightmare for us to deal with. We got through that in the end, and then we had this product situation. And we just, there's never ever a moment in which you can just sit back, put your feet up and go, God, this is, this is good. This is easy, isn't it? So <laughs> it's something where we've learned to celebrate the small successes, but then just don't take it for granted or don't get beaten too beaten about the constant barrage of bad things that keep happening. Because like you said, it doesn't matter if you're a big or a small business, this happens to everyone all the time, mm. both and both personally and um, professionally as well. It's mm-hmm. just yeah. something that life. happens. <laughs> life, yeah, life happens. <laughs> Yeah. And just to to reiterate what Ryan says there, I do think a lot of people in our community, for instance, they get very overwhelmed by things going wrong and they think it defines them as a business person. It defines their success. It defines where they're going to go next. And I think it's comforting to hear from somebody who, you know, has a level of success. If you read any uh, entrepreneur's book, it's never smooth sailing. Nobody just wrote a book and when I came up with an idea and then it worked, ta-da. It's always got a story of ups and downs. And that is, as Ryan said, that's business, it's life, it's it's challenges, but it's overcoming them as well and then taking that next step forward. And it's those people that overcome those challenges that do ultimately succeed because everybody has them. Everyone gets the curves balls thrown. It's just whether or not you're going to bat it back or not or whether you just give up and and, Always. And and, and obviously we're going through the biggest curveball that the world has ever seen. And uh, it's horrible to see people that are struggling it's it's if you keep your head above water right now and keep pushing forward and keep a pivot your business just think about it because if you don't give up then you can't fail yeah nice. absolutely now you once said i'm quoting this off your instagram because <laughs> i stalked you, you love it when people start a sentence like that you once said i've been trawling your social media for the last your social media and you once said i genuinely go to bed excited to go to work the next day what is it most that excites you in what you do I mentioned it about my mum when she started the business and with lashes, it was her passion. I luckily, I've always done sales jobs um, before I had the, did this job. And I realize that I have such a passion for marketing, for sales, or for psychology, for building a business, for the, the whole roller coaster that comes along with it, for being my own boss and not having to work for somebody else's dream just um lots of again not again not like there's anything wrong with any of that but it is it's such a good feeling to wake go to bed on a sunday and know and be happy and excited yes. that you're going to yeah, work yeah. on the monday yeah and likewise don't get me wrong when a friday rolls around and i know i've got a weekend off and i've got i've got a kid and what another another baby on the way i look forward to my family time as well mm. but it does make you feel very grateful that to have a job that you are just buzzing to go to and mm-hmm. be at because then it doesn't matter if you're staying late working like do whatever you're doing that's fine and then obviously to have the family life as well that you equally enjoy and none of those horrible sunday night blues no never no makes such a difference yeah definitely does make a difference and also i think that actually it's kind of goes full circle as well because when you have to put in that extra bit of work, that extra bit of effort, that extra late night, you don't mind doing it when you're actually enjoying what you're doing. 
Whereas when you're doing it on someone else's watch in the, in, you know, in the dark days when we used to work for someone else, then <clears throat> you did resent it half the time. Right. And, uh, yeah. and when it's your own drive, it's just, it's just so different. Nice little segue there though, into what I want to talk about next, because like, I see a lot of rubbish being talked on the subject of marketing, a lot of rubbish all over the internet, a lot of rubbish everywhere. As we all know, there's a lot of rubbish out there these days. Um, mm-hmm. So when I first stumbled across you, Jamie, I uh, it was good to see someone who actually talks some sense because I feel that we share quite a few uh, common views on marketing, which I'm really keen to expand upon a little bit with you. So, you know, what would you say, what's your overriding philosophy, as it were, on on marketing? What is Jamie's Marketing 101? Do you, or, or your your main you know, your main areas that you kind of uh, try and get across to your clients? I think everything that I do or when I speak to people or when you analyze the people that are successful, it's that they understand that things do not happen overnight, that they have unapologetically been themselves, whether that's wearing terrible shirts like you do. <laughs> <laughs> Thank um, you. No, they've been unapologetically themselves and that's what separates people. If you do the same as everybody else, then you're never going to be better or more successful than everybody else. Uh, you have to do it for you. You have to know what your goal is. You have to know who your audience is and you have to understand that it doesn't happen overnight. It's small steps over a long period of time. And I think that's the main thing that a lot of people, because it's it's only normal, people do want easy and cheap and quick, don't they? That's that that's how they want their success. And it's it's not it's not fun to be told that it takes lots of effort and lots of time and it will be a very slow process. <laughs> and eventually, maybe you'll look back and go, Oh yeah, I've come quite far actually, haven't I? But yeah. that's how it is, yeah. I think absolutely golden advice in there. And actually, I think maybe as well, that's partly a generational thing because nowadays everyone wants everything yesterday, don't they? And the way that everything is, the way the whole world moves at such a quicker pace now, people think, oh, I can start that and I'll be making hundred grand a year after a year, probably, because I've done my projections, which are, you know, (laughs) written on the back of a cigarette packet. And it, it means nothing. Whereas, as you say, actually, the reality of it for most people is that it's going to take you a, a lot longer and there's going to be some ups and some downs along the way as well. Speaking of the downs, what are the marketing mistakes that you see getting made? I think mistake, biggest mistake would be uh, for, I speak to a lot of lash artists and lash artists that their goal is to gain clients. So they need more clients to come to their salon yet they spend their entire time focusing on trying to impress people like me, people like you, <laughs> um, other people in the industry that do lashes halfway across the world and then wonder why they're not getting anywhere with clients. And that's the biggest mistake for me has got to be the not focusing on their target audience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that. And interestingly as well, as you as you mentioned it previously about the being themselves and being true to who they are and what they're all about, they would be able to form a much deeper relationship with those existing clients that they already have, that already know them, like them and trust them, right? Then try and go out there and get new people all the time. We you see it all the time, people saying, uh, I need more clients, I need more clients. Whereas the reality is 
most people, they actually probably don't need any new clients. They just need to look after their existing ones a little bit better, you know, and increase their, their revenue with them. I agree. I think as as well, if you be yourself, you'll attract people that, that like you, pe- kind of people like you, which already straight off the bat, when they come to you, it builds a stronger bond re- relationship and loyalty for a client of yours because they already know you and like you. So they're mm-hmm. the kind of person that likes you. So that helps with client retention anyway. And once you've like you've just touched on then it's in if you improve the experience for the people that you've already got one you can get extra revenue from your current clients but i know i love social media and i love google and i love marketing uh, but for me the number one um way to get new business is word of mouth referrals when it comes to the businesses that we're in. So if you're looking after your clients that you already have and creating an amazing experience for them, they feel special, they enjoy it, they like coming back, 100% they're gonna, they'll provide you with more referrals than any social media post that you're going to do as well, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think actually one of the things you say there about people getting to know you, this is this is one of the huge advantages with social media because the clients can get to know you a little bit. It's a one-way thing, but they can get to know you a little bit long before you ever actually meet. And one of the things that is a bit of a bugbear of mine is when people are just constantly posting like before and afters all the time or illustrations of their work. And I'm not saying that isn't important, but just only doing that and not actually telling the story of them at all, you know, and it's, it's such a missed opportunity, I feel just to let people in a little bit, because how can you get to know someone if all you ever see is pictures of lashes? In, yeah. You know, in and I, th- I think when it comes to like lashes or, or a lot of beauty treatments, uh, quite often they're, they're, if you're posting nothing but before and after pictures and you're expecting somebody that doesn't know you to trust you enough to book in and come and spend a few hours either you might be home based like you wouldn't walk down an empty street like a street randomly pick a house walk into it and then just start talking to the person in there because you'd have no idea who that person was or what what they were like how they would react and that's exactly the same for these potential clients if they have no idea who you are or the type of person you are then it's sometimes quite scary for someone to trust you enough to book in so if you're showing yourself your the space you work in your personality it will make people trust you straight off the bat to be able to book in and you'll probably find you'll get an increase in bookings anyway and inquiries just by showing yourself a little more can I just add to that as well, Jimmy, because I talk about this quite a lot and how, you know, you've got to bond with your clients because bonds build businesses and with any treatment, including lashes, sometimes the client's in a vulnerable position. You know, for that, you're probably going to be laying down maybe for a couple of hours, eyes closed, having to take your makeup off. Sometimes some treatments are, you know, they expose parts of your body. This for some people is quite daunting. Mm -hmm. And in a world that's fueled by anxiety and worry and stress and fear, a lot of people sort of forget that before somebody's going to walk through your door, like you say, they want to know who you are. They want to feel comfortable with you before they've even met you. And those visuals, whilst they show how great you are at lashes, they don't show how great you are at looking after your clients. And it needs to be a combination of the both. Yeah, completely agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was more of a statement than a question. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Look, so 
And let's continue the Insta theme here. But look, there are you, much like us, I've no doubt follow uh, hundreds, possibly thousands of other people's accounts. And one of another one of my bugbears is that when you don't know who the person even behind the account is, which is a real pet peeve of mine. So you'll get followed by somebody you think, oh, well, just see who that is. It's commented. And you look at them and there isn't a picture of them. They haven't put their name anywhere. You've lit- It's just generic, right? Generic beauty account of which there are hundreds and hundreds of thousands of these um, all over Instagram. So how can people, if someone's sitting there thinking, oh, that's me, I've got one of those generic <laughs> accounts. How can they make themselves stand out better on Instagram, because you've done that for yours, undoubtedly. So what was a few tips that you could give to help someone else make sure their account stands out from the crowd? Well, I think you touched on it with that first part of the question. They they need to show their face more. So you've got your Instagram profile picture, which don't get me wrong, I still think it's acceptable if you want to have your logo there. Mm-hmm. But if you are a beauty therapist or a lash artist, solo there's nothing wrong with having your your face or you as the profile picture so people can see who it is uh not a set of of lashes because i see a lot (laughs) i see a lot of that as the profile picture just literally a close-up on some lashes no definitely not and i think as well i again something i encourage people to do is one of those posts which introduces yourself because what you'll find is you'll have new people reach following you or reaching or finding your account quite frequently. And if you aren't frequently uh, letting people know who you are and little bits about you, then when someone lands on your post, if your last nine posts just happen to be pictures of befores and afters or lashes, straight away, they're not going to have a sense of who you are. So I would always Mm -hmm. try and mix up pictures of yourself. So when people uh, land on your page, they straight away can see who you are. Um, I did an Instagram like audit for one of our customers yesterday, in fact, and their account it was it was very clear the type of person they were uh, they had pictures of themselves they said what they were interested in there were different causes that they liked or supported and straight away if you were to land on that you're either going to be into that person or not and at the end of the day you, your job isn't to try and get every single person because you don't want the people that are going to complain and moan and want it the cheapest you want the people that are going to stay with you that you can build your business from so yeah i think the key is definitely showing yourself and you can yeah i 100 percent agree and it's interesting there where you say that especially about like the causes and stuff because if you can help someone get to that decision quicker of whether or not you're right for them then you save you save time for both you you and them anyway you know and and as you say you're not gonna appeal to everyone and you don't want to but what you do want is someone to look at it and think they're the person for me. They're the only person that I'm even going to consider, you know, and, yeah. and I'm sure you get it as well, where sometimes you'll read a post or you're looking for something and you read it and you think, oh, you know, that's, it's game over. It's decision is made. And it could be about anything. It could be buying a bed and you read about the, what's, you know, reading the about us on their website and you're thinking, oh, this company, you know, they've ticked every box for me which I guess those boxes are different for everyone as well, right? I agree. There's the people, um, the, all, all of these big influencers on social media that, that everyone seems to love. Like Stacey Solomon seems to have changed herself into this massive influencer, but she just is herself on camera. Like, likewise, Mrs. Hinch cleaning and everything. Yeah, I just think that no, if, any, if she said, Mrs. Hinch said, you know what, I'm going to start filming myself cleaning 
and see where that goes. People would have called her crazy. Um, and then <laughs> she was just doing what she was interested in. She thought was fun and it's worked out for her. So I think other people should do that too. I just, I, I am a believer that all clients are not right for you, but you have to make yourself available to the people that are right for you. And you can only do that by being yourself. And one of the other things that is always frustrating is when you land on somebody's page and it's almost like having to do an obstacle course before you can actually contact them. It needs, <laughs> it, it needs to be very clear and obvious how you can get in contact with someone, like specifically when some of the accounts say no DMs. And then mm. they don't have any other way of like, so instantly people are just going to go, oh, well, I can't be bothered with that then. So That's right. yeah, I think be yourself and be easily contactable. Absolutely love that. I'll tell you one of the things I also see a lot of people ask, and that is they'll say something along the lines of, well, I'm, I, I'm posting a lot. I think I'm doing the right things, but I'm not really getting anywhere with it. You know, they're kind of on like that, the Insta, Instagram hamster wheel, right? So there are X number of followers. They can't get over it, even though they think they're doing everything right. How do you get traction on your account if you are stuck? I think the number one is 100%. Don't, don't focus on like trying to get followers. So yes. don't look at if you if you're a, a local lash artist, local beauty therapist or a local salon and you, you really want to try and get some people through your doors, then it's not necessarily important to have 50,000 followers because that's not 50,000 people coming through your doors. If it is fair play, but it, yeah. it's unlikely. I think the main thing that people forget is that they use Instagram for their business in the same way that you everyone uses Instagram for personal use. So you would your personal use of Instagram is you post a picture of your your uh, you on holiday or some drink you're drinking and you just go everybody look at this and you wait for all your friends and family to click like and comment and stuff like that saying how good it looks or how they're jealous um, and people try and treat their business accounts like that so by posting a picture of lashes and then hoping that miraculously people are going to just suddenly start coming to them and find it and like it and comment and book. It doesn't work like that with Instagram. You almost need to, as if you're walking around the neighborhood with flyers and putting them through people's doors, like the old school ways is go around and engage with others outside of your account. So use the little magnifying glass on Instagram and search your local area, which you can do on places. You can get there in like three clicks and it brings up all the recent posts in your area. Um, and you can just start engaging with those posts. So start liking and leaving comments, genuine comments rather than just generic stuff, genuine comments. What you'll find is one that's leaving your tag everywhere. Like, so anybody else, so you could leave a comment on someone's pair of shoes. If then whoever's post that is, their sister then suddenly looks and goes, oh, who's commented on this? They'll click, they'll find it, they'll find you then anyway. Likewise, whoever you're commenting on is always going to go, who's this weird person commenting on my account? They'll click on it and they'll see who you are. And because you're so open with your engagement, it just means that when you're posting things, you'll find people return the favors because you're active on their stuff too. So I think engagement with your own followers and also with uh, people that aren't your followers yet is so important to be able to grow an account because you look at any of my posts don't get me wrong I'm like I'm not a very good photographer I'm not very good at editing I'm I'd like to say I'm averagely funny 
like (laughs) (laughs) I'd spend uh, maybe not as much time nowadays as I I should and I know I should, uh, but I spent a lot of time commenting and engaging with other people and that's how my account grew. So how how much time are we talking about here? Because we've all seen, haven't we, the adverts for like my formula where for two minutes a day, I guarantee you 4,000 followers a week or whatever. So with the strategy that you've used clearly successfully, how much time are you, are you putting in? I mean, you say, oh, I haven't put in enough. What, what is enough? What could be right now? I, I think that everybody is on their phone a lot anyway. And instead of scrolling through the daily mail, why aren't you just scrolling through and liking and commenting on a few pictures in your spare time, 10 minutes here, 10 minutes there. I've have said this before as well. And I still believe in this one. If you're not fully booked, then that means you have space for one client at least. So why not use that time in which you would have been doing a treatment for one client and spend that entire time using social media and engaging with others or planning your posts for the week or whatever it is, just use that for social media work. And you'll find that more successful in getting you inquiries than just posting each lash set that you do. And people say, but I don't have time for that because I'm fully booked. Well, if you're fully booked, obviously that's, that's great. Then you're, you're obviously doing something right anyway. But even I would go to the extremes. If you wanted more, um, I would go to the extremes of, dropping a client in favor of having dedicated time in your diary to do social media engagement. Love that. I mean, one of the things that we always teach is actually to, to block out those spaces in the first place, Yeah, you know, have, have dedicated slots of time each week where you're working on your business. Yeah, And as you say, I think that one of the things where some people might fall over with that in terms of social media is they confuse doing what you're talking about with just random scrolling and, you know, doing the scroll of death, as I like to call yeah. it, which, you know, you end up just going down the rabbit hole of of, of, of some videos, you know, where, which is just not going to get you anywhere. But what you're talking about is actually doing, right, this is what I need to go and achieve. Right, today I'm going to go and find, like, and comment on 20 new accounts, for example, as a metric, yes. right? yeah. And, and measure that and go and do it and then and then see if that works for you. So how would you do that like in a non-creepy way? Because that's sh- like your example of the shoes. Mm. How do you do that in a, I mean, I can't just go and p- pick up a picture, you know, go and start commenting on a picture of women's shoes saying, oh, nice shoes. Because I feel like uh, that might get me banned or something <laughs> or certainly some Probably unwanted. It wouldn't be surprising, but no. <laughs> <laughs> I think um, it is very awkward a little bit cringy at first when you do something like this a hundred percent it is a little strange um however if you just put yourself in the other person's shoes if like so if i was posted on my instagram personal instagram account which i've got it set as public so if you if you don't want anyone other than your friends and family to see it most of the time you've got a private account so if you've got a private account you're not going to be found anyway so these people have public accounts they're probably using hashtags because they're hoping they're hoping that they can get some likes and stuff. That's that's the normal normal way that people use Instagram personally. And if I was on my Instagram account and I posted a picture of something and anyone commented or liked, you get you get chuffed, don't you? I've I've posted on my um, private Instagram account. I think I've got two hundred followers on the, my private one because it's private. But if I get more than ten likes on just a picture, I'm like to my wife, "Oh, look at this." Yeah, so and so's liked it. (laughs) So I think if you just leave genuine comments, like 
you could see someone's out for a meal, but like, so basically find, find your target audience, the kind of people that you think would be able, uh, be right for your business. So if you find them, you see they're out for a meal, there's nothing wrong with leaving a comment saying, oh, I'm desperate to try this place. The end. Yeah. Like, cause they'll yes. get it. They will still go, what, who's, who's this? And then they will mm. click on it to see who you are. And instantly there's awareness for your business, whether yeah. they contact you or book or anything uh, the, the the worst case scenario is they tell a friend, which is good. They tell a friend and say, God, so-and-so beauty salon liked my picture. That's strange, isn't it? But they've already told someone about you now. So instantly, That's right. they already know about you. And could you, uh, if you want to take that to a geeky level, would you be able to then serve up some retarget ads to them if they viewed your account or engaged with your account? I think you would, wouldn't you? You know, you can then hit them again if you're doing that with enough people. Yeah, I'm people, if, if me an idea. Um, I, I find that this is successful enough for you to uh, not necessarily, if you're not into, into that or understand how to work retargeting ads or anything, this is successful enough that it actually just works organically anyway it's one of the mm. many, one of the few things nowadays you can do on social media that works organically but yeah if you if you want to start retargeting people that have viewed things then obviously that's going to be successful for you because yeah, people need to see a lot of the time isn't it I, I don't know if you know the the saying but isn't it seven touch points that people often need before then they make that decision on what they're going to do well they say now that's gone up to 21 Oh, yeah, good, I think over go. the years, over the years, because there's that's so much up stuff up. Yeah. that you just are, are blind to so much of it now that you've actually they've got which, to see you those many which times. Which is now. an interesting other thing as well, because again, a lot of people are like, oh well, I did this post, so they've seen my name once, and then they kind of expect someone to you know jump straight into bed with them. It's like it just takes longer than that nowadays, you know. You have which again goes back to what you said right at the start about you know being consistent, persistent, resilient, almost. And just having to just keep on going, keep on going, keep on going, because someone might just be one more view of you away from going from mm. for it, you know? You might need to provide someone with that just little bit more value over time. Because yes. I have people that message that that let me know oh, I've bought from Lashbase for the first time, really happy with the products. And you look into, because I'm sad like this, I look into like, so where where's this person come from how has this worked out and you can see that they had listened to a podcast you did a year ago they had liked a couple of your pictures they'd left some comments they joined your facebook group they've done this they've done that but it was that one thing in the end that got them to at the right time because people aren't always immediately ready it's like that's not the way ads work or if if you even want to call it an ad you post something and immediately someone that had no intention of doing anything goes oh good lashes yeah okay i'm gonna book in right now then that's it they don't they see the good lashes i think that's nice they then watch tv and happen to see an actress that also has nice lashes then they start thinking oh everyone's got lashes haven't they then they go on, <laughs> then, they go on then they go on facebook and then they see that you've done a post on how to wash your lashes and then all of a sudden they're going oh more about lashes okay and then before you know it uh, they're listening to this podcast where they go go oh this guy works and runs a, a lash brand do you know what i'm gonna get in touch with that person to go um the first person i saw about lashes and get some lashes finally and it takes that it never it's never you could not run a business of just posting one picture equals one client that would just doesn't work like that 
the machine is more complicated than yes. that these days. Yeah. So where where do you see um, from a marketing perspective or an Instagram perspective? You can answer it whichever way you prefer. Where's the future going? Where's it going from here? Do you think? Do you think it will be more of the same, or do you think the outlook in a few years, all of a sudden, everything will be totally different? I think in a few years, everything will be totally different. But the the way we're going. Instagram's still going to be the one for a little while because they're changing so much and moving their focuses to a more shopping-based one uh, platform as well as trying to copy TikTok, can't they, with the short-form video. One of the things that's, and that's one of the main things I'm having to talk to people about right now is people are blaming the Instagram algorithm for a lack of reach on their posts, <laughs> posts that once were doing well and no longer doing well. And why is nobody liking my stuff and all that? And it, as with everything, Instagram as well, like all platforms do, they almost reward people that use their new features. And mm -hmm. now everyone that's posting standard posts and pictures is contending with Instagram reels because you'll find you could post a video using Instagram reels and their features will reach more people organically than a normal video post, even if they were both both just 15 second videos. If you use the Reels feature or the normal one, you'll notice that the Reels one does better. Tested this on my account. If anyone wants to go and have a look at my Instagram account, look at Reels and look at the video views versus my other any other video views and Reels just outperforms. Don't get me wrong that obviously the content's got to be good as well, but just if it was exactly the same video, so TikTok's obviously doing really well. It's a bit controversial at times. People say that it's for young people. Uh, however, more and more oldies are going on it and it will <laughs> evolve slowly over time. Um, if they can get some better location targeting and a better ad platform, uh, that could do well. But yeah, who knows? There's always someone could be making an app or a, and a platform right now that could suddenly blow up and, and be the one that... I think realistically, if you can be as as many places as you can and just understand what you're doing on each one, yeah, you can't go too wrong. Awesome. And uh, it's interesting talking about the future, Jamie. What would you say is in the future for Lush Base and also for you? It always feels like there's loads of things going on. Future for Lush Base, future for me. Personally, I've got a... a another baby due in december so i'm gonna have congratulations. some time congratulations thank you very much have some time if off. it's a girl and you want to use the name holly because it's december <sighs> i won't be offended no, I've, uh, it's a boy oh, it's a boy. oh well you're off the hook then. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah but professionally we've just launched lash based beauty which is a consumer range of lash products so we've got all of lash base is a business built on like b2b it's professional products for professionals and we've now just launched a consumer range of strip lashes and uh, lash adhesives and stuff. And a few we've got working on a few more products. So that's going to take a lot of focus because that's a, a separate website, a separate audience, a separate market, a separate everything. Uh, as it stands, we have just launched it. And the only focus that we've got at the moment is by because uh, our it's standalone website isn't ready. We're having to have it as a section on the professional website is we can only target our current audience are professionals. And therefore that means that the only people that are going to buy it are the ones that will buy it to retail it in their salons and stuff. So it just means um, we're having to look at it a little differently, but that's going to take a lot of resources and time definitely going mm -hmm. forward. Um, we've got 
the small matter of opening up a warehouse and distribution center in America when we can finally get out there. Well, in March, I was in America in the warehouse. We were getting everything set up. We had just confirmed our FedEx logistics. So they were coming, uh, they were due to come the following Wednesday for the first pickup. We were a week away from launching the website and announcing that Lashbase US was live and in um, just outside of Atlanta in Georgia. And then obviously coronavirus got very, very serious, very, very quick. We had to fly home as quick as we could. And ever since then, I think March the 23rd, I think it was, we've had a warehouse full of products. We've had to since had to ship a load of stuff back, the perishables, but some of the stuff's still out there. We've got staff that are still like still receiving deliveries or sending deliveries back out, out there. Um, so as soon as it's safe to do so, we hope by April next year, we're going to be flying back out to America to get Lash, yeah, fingers crossed, to get Lash Base Inc. up and running finally. What a story that's going to be, though, when, yeah. it's, when you no, eventually no. get there, because that's that's a book in itself, isn't it? Just everything. That, I mean, you must have learned so many lessons from what's happened Do you know during what? that. Like, I'm not a, a too much of like a spiritual spiritual person. However, I it's hard not to think that everything happens for a reason because because mm. of us being the stall of not being able to open up out there since then. We've had this product issue that we would have launched with in America. So right. Therefore, that one didn't happen because it, starting a business with a product that you weren't confident in, we would have that would have been an absolute nightmare. There are so many lessons that we've learned and we would not have learned that will help us when we actually open, all thanks to not being able to open. So <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Would I, you even have gone down the B to C route if everything had been going full guns blazing in the States? Not necessarily. No, not necessarily. I just still can't believe when we were flying out there in uh, end of February to get everything started, what would happen and where we where we would be right now. I don't think anyone did. But yeah, it's uh, crazy to think of what happened. But that just uh, is testament to, you know, your uh, business acumen and the, uh, you know, for, for not only you as an individual, but your whole business, because you've clearly more than weathered uh, that proverbial storm and are still doing really, really strong. And I'm sure you will continue to do so in the future as well. And moreover, we would just really like to thank you for coming on and joining us today. Thank you. It's been a pleasure and I mean that, a pleasure to have you on and um, sharing some of those nuggets. I'm sure that people are going to probably want to listen back again and scribble down some of that because there's some real gold in there. So, Jamie, you've been a superstar. Thank you ever so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you.